happening, people? Welcome to Master Demo, mate. It's your fortnightly show where we get into, into depth and all the things, latest goings-on in the USC, the, the larger MMA world. We've got some PFL news coming up later on as well. My name's Joe, as always. I'm joined by Matthew. How are you doing, sir? I know you're fed up with this hot weather. I am. How are you doing, Joseph? I'm, <laughs> I'm over it. I'm an autumnal boy. I know you, you are. Know? I know you are. I remember when we was in New York and we stepped out of the hotel one morning for a little, I think we was going to get bagels. And I was like, Jesus Christ, it is freezing out here, like a bitter wind. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I quite like when, when the weather's like this. <laughs> <laughs> I love a sunny, crisp, cold morning, Joseph. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> to be fair, what it was this morning, but uh, now it's, it's ramped up a little bit. I'm a bit too hot for my own good here. But uh, yeah, how have you been getting on? How are you? I'm all good, mate. I'm all good. I'm just using up my last uh, annual leave days of the year before it resets in uh, September. So I've had a couple of days off. Went to West Ham last night, first time. Well, actually went to the Southampton game, last game of the season last year, but that was like half capacity or whatever. So it was uh, full bang last night. I got new seats as well, a little bit closer. So, uh, yeah, I mean, a little bit of a shambles. As always, there always is down West Ham with sort of logistics and getting in and stuff like that. There's always something going on, but yeah, good to be back. Oh, yeah, it's cracking to be back. I was at the City game. It's just every ground seemed to have that raucous atmosphere it was just loud everyone's happy to be back and to get a good result as well it's just yeah, it's just quality i mean when you look in the concourse though there's, there's absolutely zero distancing i know you don't have to anymore but when you're in a queue there's people right up your ass trying to <laughs> yeah. muscle in on a beer it's like the old days already isn't it it is it is it's all back to normal isn't it good to be back good to be back <laughs> and it's also good to be back i love all this uh fortnightly stuff it lets me refresh and I'm, i feel like i'm more buzzing before each pod so I'm, I'm happy to get cracking into this one man we've got a lot going on you said a bit of pfl news there as well we're going to delve mainly into the the fake london card obviously give that a little preview uh, but first we start at the weekend yeah because uh, another benefit i think to the fortnightly show is on weeks like this but we haven't had too many fights going on this has been the only card since we recorded it last time not a huge amount going on, but one that I did like, I wanted to just give a quick mention, is Ala Alex Alexandra Pantoja beat Brandon Roy Val in the flyweight division. So I think Pantoja was ranked number four here. And he was a former title contender before, but I think I think he beat D-Fig before, uh, earlier on in the USC. I'm pretty sure he did. Um, so he's got some good wins on his record either way. So yeah, he got, got a second round finish. Uh, guillotine, guillotine choke, I think. So that was quite impressive. Obviously, we're, we've got a keen eye on the flyweights at the moment. Brandon Moreno was actually there. I think he was doing commentary for the Spanish broadcast, I guess. So Pantoja was having a little chat with him uh, in the post-fight interview, kind of calling him out, but he was basically just telling a story about Pant- Pantoja trained with him before and he saw uh, Moreno sort of grow and evolve. And he was like basically just like, it was like a bit of a eulogy, just just bigging up Moreno. So uh, there, I don't think there's much tension there, but potentially, what do you reckon? Is is Pantoja going to muscle his way in there? Can he get in there before a D-Fig third fight? There's one thing you can rely on. It's that Joe will always be bigging up those flyweights. You love him, <laughs> don't you? Always. Straight out the gate here. You love it. As sure as night follows day, that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm on board as well. Yeah, it's, it's all a bit of a... A mess. I mean, I think D-Fig will be coming back for that trilogy initially. That does seem to be the, the word coming out, doesn't it? But you certainly... I didn't know that. Pantoja beat D-Fig back in the day. So, obviously, that's a massive scalp on him. 
definitely one. Moreno's got to work through that whole division, isn't it? So D-Fig's already worked his way through. And Moreno's going to have to do the same again. So Pantoja will definitely be on that list, whether they're friends or foes. But I'm disappointed with Roy Val because he was one that we were all looking forward to. It was well exciting, wasn't it? But he's, he's got a couple of losses on his record now. So hopefully he bounces back as well, Joseph. But, mate, flyweights all day. I'm up for it. He actually lost to D-Fig. It was Brandon Moreno he beat back in the day. So just got me uh, ah, got even, me champs quite yeah, mixed up there. That's even better. Yeah, that makes, yeah, it, yeah. makes even more sense. All right, so probably main event. Like we say, we haven't had too many uh, bones to pick here going on in the, in the last couple of weeks. But Cannoneer picked up a big win against Kelvin Gastelum. Got the decision win there. And I have to say for Gastelum, this is you know it's quite a big big setback, I think. And we know what Kelvin Gastelum's about. And like once he's recovered and, and got over whatever injuries, he'll be right there looking to step in last minute, fight anyone, any place, you know, any any time. And he's only ever a few fights away. But quite a big setback, I think, for Gastelum with what he was looking to do. And this bumps Cannoneer up to number three in the rankings now in that middleweight division. So, you know, like Cannoneer, as much as it's a big setback for Gastelum, for Cannoneer to go out there and get a win against him, uh, you know, we've seen what he put Adesanya through in their fight. and We've, we've seen it, you know, he's starched Michael Bisbing, done plenty of good things and you know, he'll be back, like I say. So, Cannoneer moves himself into number three in that middleweight division. And, I mean, you've got, but again, you've got Bobby Knuckles in here. Is he going to come back? Or do you think Cannoneer, because, you know, we know Adesanya wants to clear out the division. So, are we getting a Cannoneer title shot? I think this is the one thing that makes Cannoneer the the front runner, isn't it? Obviously, we'll talk about a little a little fighting fake London card coming soon a bit later on. But Cannoneer, by virtue of not having fought Izzy already, automatically sort of gets him up the list, doesn't it? I mean, I don't think it will be one of those casual pay-per-views that are going to smash any records or anything like that. But as you say, Izzy wants to break records. He wants to surpass Anderson Silva, uh, Mighty Mouse, people like that. He needs to get through to Cannoneers. Obviously, Cannoneer... Four and one in his last five, and he's only lost to Whitaker. You got to feel a little bit for Bobby Knuckles, didn't you? He's just literally yeah. <laughs> cleaned out everyone, and there's still question marks about who's going to be fighting for the title next. So it's a bit of a shame for him, but I think Cannon is in there. I've got a funny feeling though he won't be next. I think that is fair though, isn't it? You got to give Bobby Knuckles the go next. Like for, for, I think he's earned it. Obviously, he's earned it, but he's a bigger name. It's uh, it's that Australian. Uh, area, it's kind of rivalry, I guess. It's a rematch. There's uh, excuses there p- potentially for for Whitaker. It kind of feels he's in a better place now. Uh, and you look at his performance. It's like okay, there's definitely improvements that he can make there. Adesanya's been beaten since then, albeit at a higher weight. So all in all, I don't think anyone could complain if Whitaker, you know, if and when Whitaker does get the Adesanya fight next. I guess the only well, difficulty there, just sorry to cut you off, is you, want? you might not be getting it in Australia anytime soon. So would they want to hold off on that? Because when, once you can get it out there, you're, you're selling out big arenas, possibly. Yeah, you could do that. Or uh, there's one other place you could go, Joseph, that might sell out. I reckon it'll do all right. And that's in Africa. Very true. Very could true. Do the first ever UFC Africa there. Obviously, don't know what's going to be happening Pandemic-wise, which countries are going to allow what to happen? But obviously, if Australia's off the cards, New Zealand's off the cards, 
what a, what a way to kick off our first UFC event in Africa. Izzy Adesanya and Whitaker too. But going back to the point of Kananir, does he deserve a shot over the Whitakers of this world? He's just lost to him, ultimately. This is his first fight back from that loss. He's won, fair enough. But Gaston's lost the last five of six. It's not really going to get him a title shot. It's a massive win. He's a huge name. Very, very talented fire. But Whitaker's the one, man. Obviously, we'll get into the rest of the division later and whether or not they're going to usurp Whitaker as well. But out of Cannoneer and Whitaker, give me Whitaker all day long. Yeah, no, I do agree. I do agree. And just on the middleweights, while we're there, we have had a, a little bit of news coming out there in the last couple of weeks, and that is that Jacare Souza officially retired from MMA. And probably probably getting to that time, I suppose, he got um, you know, a couple of weird losses there towards the end, weren't there? He got knocked out by Kevin Holland while he was on his knees and stuff like that. But I think overall, overall a superb career. I think in that middleweight division, Jacare will go down as probably one of the all-time greats in there and probably one of those ones where, you know, it's always an odd thing to say, but one of the best to never win the belt. It's sort of like those kind of sports people that go in, into those categories. So, yeah, like I say, probably probably good timing. Uh, and I think when you, you know, what he brought to the UFC, his style is kind of, he had his, his jiu-jitsu and then he, he brought in some vicious hands as well. And yeah, ultimately never never quite made that step to to glory, did he? In the end, so uh, a bit of a shame. But nevertheless, like I say, yeah, I think I think he'll go down as uh, an all time great. Not sure there's much more I can add to that, Joseph. Obviously, I know you're a huge fan. Obviously, you're a big fan of the arts down there on the ground, didn't you? So Jack Ray's obviously going to be one of your your heroes in that aspect <laughs> yeah. of the sport. So it's, it's sad to see him go out, but it was sad to see him starting to lose loads. So uh, to, to lose like he did to Kevin Holland was quite hard to watch. No one really loses like that and gets knocked out like that. And then he broke his arm in a in a sub, so which is something you'd never, ever see with Jack Ray. Yeah. So I'm happy he's retired. One of the best to ever do it. Unfortunately, he never won the big one, but he's obviously got belts in other organisations as well. So definitely one of the best middleweights there's ever been. So happy retirement, Sunbeam. Hope it's a good one. So I think we can now move on to the last London card, as you've been calling it. I mean, last episode, were we still holding out hopes that this might actually be a London card and it was all going to be a bit last minute? I think we were just a bit confused. Yeah. That yeah. it said Las Vegas and stuff. And I don't think we even realised it was this close around the corner, did we? No. Yeah, no, true. I think true. we thought, because obviously it's normally in March. You can normally uh, bet on that. It's always going to be March every single year, but... This was a different one, obviously, September. And I thought maybe, oh, they'll just bump it back about October, November when a bit more is going on in, in the UK. But as it is, last London, September the 4th, Joseph. It will be on at a normal time, though. So I don't know what your plans are there. So you might be able to sit up and watch it and have no recording mishaps that yeah. you had in the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, I'm very, very excited for it. Obviously, headed up. We're on we're on the middleweights. We're going to start at the main event. Darren Till and Derek Brunson. This is, this is a massive fight. If... More so for Darren Till, I think. Obviously, Derek, Derek Brunson's on a, quite an unprecedented run. No one saw this coming. He's number five in the rankings, four bit wins on the bounce, beating Kevin Holland in the in the run-up to that. But Darren Till, he's lost three or four. He's number seven. Everyone wants to see him versus Adesanya. This is a massive, massive fight. If you can't get through Derek Brunson, you're not going to be fighting for a title anytime soon. It's, it's do or die for him, right? Yeah, just on there before we before I reply there, I, I think it's interesting. It's on at UK time. I wonder what the fighters would prefer. I don't know if they'd rather be on prime time USA sort of uh, 
you know, a British showcase or where they'd like their home fans to be able to watch it at a reasonable time, I guess. I guess it doesn't matter either way, really, does it? It's still on a UFC card, but... I suppose that they would be fighting in the morning over there. Because if that was me, I'd want to get up, breakfast, right, let's get this over with. Let's yeah. get this done. <laughs> yeah. Shitting myself. Let's get this over with. Let's get back home in time for tea. So if it's in the morning, I'd probably agree with you that um, I'd rather have it UK time. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, so that's another factor to consider, I suppose, isn't it? But uh, yeah, Darren Till, Derek Brunson. It's strange because obviously Darren went through like a few kind of injuries there, didn't he, for a little while, and it was kind of back and forth over when some fights were going to happen. So I do, you know, we kind of we know that what Darren Teal is like, what perhaps that gym is like a little bit, not not in a criticism, but in the sense that they, uh, you know, they bite down and, and they, they go through it. They push through injuries. I think Darren Teal's spoken about it. He pushes through injuries and uh, in order to work hard, you know, in order to achieve better results, which is fair. But it does make me worry slightly about how quick perhaps Darren Teal is going into this one. What were the injuries like? Wasn't there a shoulder dislocated or a collarbone or fractured or something like that? I think this one was a collarbone. Obviously, he had that injury after the Whitaker fight. I think he needed surgery on the on the night of the fight. So, obviously, there was that rehabilitation. And then he was going to come back and fight for Tory. And I think it was one or two weeks. It was very close to the fight that he had a collarbone injury, which are, are quite obviously bad. But I <laughs> think they're not as devastating as a surgery on a joint or things of, of that nature. It's only, I think it's like a six to eight weeks recovery program. Obviously, for a striker and an MMA fighter, it's a massive part of the the body you're going to need functioning well but I feel that Darren Till he's got the right people around him and he will come back from that pretty strong but as you say you make a very good point actually they they don't half arse it in that gym today so hopefully he's been sensible and he's prepared well and and dusted him uh, and sort of what what am I thinking of saying Joe what am I trying to say (laughs) he started saying dusted dusted himself off (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I think I'm sort of trying to say like wrap himself in cotton wool around those areas you know make sure he's ready for the for the big night yeah well I think you know obviously they will know better than me I mean no way qualified really to be honest with you but you just obviously if you're you you you, you need time to recover from an injury in a sense of rest and let it heal then you need time to kind of rehab your way back into it then you need to time to kind of build up your strength in those areas that you've lost and then ideally, what you want after that is to go into a nice little camp and, and try and improve and get ready for the next fight. So, but you know, potentially there's um, a chance that most of this time has been spent getting back to where he was originally rather than progressing from that point, from his last fight. But, um, you know, I'm sure, to be honest, most UFC fighters, any fighters would say, well, that's kind of what it's like all the time. You've always got something you're recovering from. It, it doesn't go perfectly. So, you know, that'd be fair enough. Will it be an as you know, a, a deciding factor in the fight against uh, Derek Brunson? I, I, I don't, I don't really think so. I think it's probably quite a good fight to come back to. I know Brunson has been on a roll recently and he's shown what he can do, particularly in like the, the grappling department and the, the kind of winning, winning fights department, to be fair to the man. He's, he's done really well. So, but having said that, I do think it is a winnable fight for Darren Till. I think, 
I, you know, I think striking wise, I don't think Brunson can really get anywhere near him. To be honest, he's he's, he's got some good power, Brunson, and he's got a shot in him. Of course, he has, but I don't think he's really going to match Darren Till in that. I think it is an opportunity for Till to put on a little bit of a show and show us what he's got if he can. So you know, it, obviously, the fact that the, the X factor is how's the grappling going to go, and is is Brunson going to take it in that fashion? I think Till's he's quite underrated in that aspect. I think he's working with Mike Grundy every day, so obviously he's going to be good. Grundy, obviously a, a smaller fighter, but a fantastic wrestler. So, and he's he's working with the likes of Aspinall, who's a great grappler, who's obviously a heavyweight, who's on the same yeah. card. I think he's got definitely got the right people around him. I definitely think he's got a skill. I think Whitaker's grappling is very very underrated. His wrestling, and he handled it for the most part. He got him down a couple of times, but for the most part, he did quite well. And that was with the threat of the striking thrown in yeah, as well. I yeah. think Brunson's going to be very one-dimensional in this fight. I think he's going to be, he's going to see it coming a mile off. And I don't think he's going to really respect Brunson's striking power, which might end up costing him yeah. if he ain't careful. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. a big lump. But I think Brunson, we've seen him do this before. He's been a bit reckless, been a bit too obvious with what he's going to do in his big fights with Izzy, with, with Whitaker himself, actually. He's a bit of a rabbit in the headlights. And I think, he might have grown from that because he's much more experienced and he's got this momentum guy and he's four wins on the bounce. He's very, very close to a title shot. But I think with Till's actual skill set compared to Brunson's, it's, it's night and day, particularly if it stays on the feet. I think this is a massive opportunity for him. I agree with you when you say that I think it's a good fight for him to come back to because he's while he's been in there with the best in Whitaker and, and Gaslam and stuff like that, he's very inconsistent in that he doesn't have a lot of uh, consistency with cage time. He doesn't have many fights. He's, he's, he needs to get that up. So I'm looking to see him try and sort of just spend a bit of time in there, get used to it again, but actually dominate as well and, and not be as gun-shy as he has been, perhaps been his main criticism with, with the Whitaker fight. He was a bit gun-shy, wasn't he? So I don't know. I think he, I think he will win. I think he'll get the knockout. But I'd like to see him maybe spend a few rounds in there, get used to it a little bit and then and then put on a show in the later rounds. That's what I'm expecting from him. Yeah, you know, I, I do have to agree. I think Darren Till will pick up the win. I think I think he is a little bit of a level above Brunson. Brunson's done well to to get where he is and I don't want to disrespect him at all but I do think Till is a, that, that little level above it and obviously we just hope he can then make that, that next step and get a, get a fight against Adesanya at some point in the future. You know, obviously I'd like to see him get Probably after Brunson, I mean, I'd probably like to see him get a Cannoneer fight in as well, and then I'd probably like to see him get a Paolo Costa fight in as well, and then fight Adesanya uh, or, or Wierka, whatever the case may be. But I, I think with Darren Till, like, like you mentioned, you made a very good point there. The, the more time he spends in there, and the more sort of frequency and regularity that he does it, can only be a, a good thing for him. So, okay, whoever wins this next one, where, where does it go from here? Is it all dependent on on personnel? Who is he fights next? Because Brunson, he complete, you can't really sell that fight. If Brunson gets a win, he can't really fight for the title because he obliterated him a couple of years ago. Obviously, a couple of years is a long time. You could say the same thing about Whitaker, but you just can't really sell it as well as the Whitaker fight. Does Till go straight into that? Because it's been no surprise that Izzy wants the Till fight. That is the fight to make. It's the the fans view of the thing that, that this he might be the the kryptonite maybe of Adesanya he's got the perfect style to beat him he could outpoint him perhaps that but I think the 
the Canon Air fight is the one that makes sense when you look at it rankings wise. Obviously, we spoke about it the other day. Rockhold's back. Him get a win. I'd love to see a Till fight there. How do you see it playing out, Joseph? Who's going to be fighting who? Play matchmaker. Who, who do you reckon? I think the regard that the UFC hold Darren Till in, if he gets a win, I think they would love to put him in against Adesanya next. And I think in lots of ways, well, it would certainly be the loudest fight they could make, wouldn't it, in terms of build-up and things like that. 100%. There will be a lot of noise around it, and probably it will be a good laugh as well. Like I say, for me, for me, for me, that wouldn't be the direction that I would take, but... I think Darren, tells, Darren Till has said similar things before. If you're going to offer me a title shot or a number one contender fight, what am I going to do? Say no and like break my leg tomorrow and then that's my career over. Or, you know, I guess if you break your leg tomorrow, the fight's off either way. Isn't it? So six bucks in the future. So, um, so I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think it might be down to Adesanya. And I think Adesanya might say, I'll do Cannoneer first. Or or Whitaker first, either one of those, and then just and then just be patient and and fight Darren Till. I don't think he's in a rush to to make that fight. I don't think either of them are. I think I think that fight is always there, no matter what. Even if they both fall off a little bit, you'll always got a, you can fight. You can have a Till Adesanya fight like at any time, and it would always be a good laugh. So I think it would depend on Adesanya because he he's a big star, isn't he? For he's for the company, if not the biggest at the moment. So. I think if Adesanya says I'll I'll have Till, they'll do it. Um, again, perhaps, you know, perhaps that's one they might like to save. If Adesanya says Cadenera or Whitaker, I think that I think they'll do that one as well. The only thing being maybe Whitaker's not turned it down, but asked for like more time before. I don't know. There's always that kind of caricature about the UFC that they're going to be a bit bitter about things like that, isn't it? So. I don't know. The more I'm talking, the more I'm leaning towards Cannoneer Adesanya being the next one. So that is interesting. That is interesting. So I, I think they're going to make the two Adesanya fight the first opportunity they can get. To be honest, I think I think Izzy as well. I think he he knows Whitaker when he fought him the first time. Not even going to be close to what he would be the second time. And there's a big danger in that. Does he want to risk going through Whitaker first and then? I know you say the Till fight is always there with Adesanya, but. Without a title on the line, it's not got quite the same shine. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, but I, yeah, I think they'll make it straight away. They've not been quiet. Him and Eugene Barrowman always been saying, "Get a win, and then we'll we'll talk." Sort of thing. I would love to see Cannonier in there. I think that'd be a great fight. I wouldn't be able to see how he would get the win. To be honest, I think Izzy wins that all day long, and I think Cannonier probably does need another one. Maybe fight the likes of Costa or Vittori, whoever's not going to bat in there first. And then go have another guy at Adesanya after that. But I think Till, man, he, they, they've been desperate for him to, to fight. It's a bit similar to Conor McGregor in it. One win, give him a shot sort of thing. He's, he's a big star, man. No matter what way you slice it, he's, he's a massive star over here and over there. I didn't realise until we went over to New York how big a star he was amongst the Americans. I thought it would be all the English there we'd be talking about him. But the Yanks love him. They love his personality. He's all over social media and all that. He's a big star and he's a big commodity within the UFC so it'll, it'll bring in the dollars so yeah I, I think a win at the weekend as much as I wouldn't really want to see it this soon I think he does need another one I would like to see him fight a Rockhold or a Cannoneer or a Whitaker rematch or something I think I think Till get, will get on the mic and he'll call out Izzy and that's your next fight yeah we'll have to wait and see then we'll have to wait and see which way that goes that'd be, that'd be quite interesting 
I mean, what? Got to get a win. You got to get a win first, though. Yeah, I mean, what if Brunson comes out and gets a win? Who's he going to call out? I suppose uh, straight in, straight in for the Adesanya rematch. I guess I'm better. I'm better now. All that, all that, all that jazz. Well, he's got to win. He? He, he's getting on. He's on a a run that he's no one thought he'd be on. That'd make it five wins out of out of five. He'd be up to number one contender shot. But you, then you got Bobby Knuckles in there. Yeah, you know I mean, it's just a complete mess. It's a complete mess, Joseph. What else is on that card we can have a have a little gander at? Well, do we want to go through it in some kind of weight order? Uh, uh, big to, to small? Or... What, what are you fancying? Well, I'll tell you what. Let's, let's stick with... Obviously, we say it's fake London, last London or whatever, but it could be last Liverpool, this one, couldn't it? Because this is just pure scousers or scouse-based gyms, the big names on here. So perhaps we'll go down that route. Aspinall, Tom Aspinall, obviously not a scouser, but resides out of that same gym as Darren Till up there. He's got a big fight. Pavlovich at heavyweight, Joseph, coming out party for Tom Aspinall. I mean, he's had a couple against Arlovsky and, and others already, but he could really put his mark on the division here. Yeah, exactly. I think he has had a couple, and I think his name is definitely out there. I think if, if you remember back to his last fight, even just the way the commentators are speaking about him, uh, will certainly do uh, the world of good for him in the eyes of, of the audience, in, in in our eyes as well. I think this is a good fight. I think this is, again, we, we, we say it a lot, and we do say it a lot, but this is the kind of fight he should be against, like, like up against in, what is it, his fourth fight in the UFC maybe? They've all been pretty uh, in quick succession, and, and they've all been pretty quick finishes. So I think Pavlovich, we've spoken about him before, I think he came into the UFC unbeaten, if, if I'm right, and... And or at least a very good record, and he's kind of been a bit up and down. I think he's won one, lost one, that sort of thing since then. So, I think this is the perfect type of fight. I do think, I do think Aspinall's got certainly something uh, a little bit extra compared to a lot of the fighters in there. So I, do, I think he'll pick up the win here. But like I say, the perfect perfect fight in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, no name value there is there, but he's already got Arlovsky on his, on his record, like you mentioned. So there is that. It's not like you can say. He's beaten no one we've ever, ever, ever heard of because he already has done that. So I think Pavlovich probably, in his eyes, sees himself in a similar position, look with similar ambitions, at a similar stage in his career. So all in all, you know, I think I think it's one of those pretty even matchup, a good matchup for both lads. You know, for Pavlovich if he were to pick up a win here against Aspinall on a very Liverpool uh, UK heavy card, um, you know. That would be fantastic for him as well. But I think Aspinall, you know, like I say, he's got that little bit extra, I think, at the moment, hasn't he? So, a good fight, and I expect him to win. Yeah, I think you've summed it up pretty well there, Joseph. If people can get, and myself, I'm very, very guilty of it as well, a bit wrapped up in the old rankings. Like he's seven, he's six, he should fight each other. That does nothing for him. He's only, he's fighting someone who's behind him and stuff like that. I think you get too caught up in that. And this is probably a prime example. Aspinall was 13 and Pavlovich is 15. A lot of people will look at that and think, this does nothing for him. As you say, he's not really got any name value, but he's got a fight. He's got to build up his skill set, his experience. Like you say, this is his full fight in not too long in the UFC. Not a lot of cage time at all. He had a big layoff before that, before he joined the UFC as well. So he just needs to get fights in. I mean, the geezer he's fighting, Pavlovich, he hasn't fought him for two years. One loss to Overeem, very good record, but he's not very active himself. I think this is a perfect fight for him. He's, a lot of people are going to be watching this over here and in America. 
and it's he's just going to build him up slowly. A lot of people can get a bit carried away and build the path and uh, write the path for people saying if he beats him, then he'll beat him next, and then he'll be in for a number one contender, then he'll fight for the title. It, it doesn't work out like that. I think you just got to get fights where you can, build up your name, build up your skill set, experience and whatnot, and just put on a show. You, if he knocks out Pavlovich with uh, viral left hook or whatever, sends him into space, that'll do more for him than fighting a top contender who might actually beat him. So um, I think it's a great fight for him. Build up your build up your arsenal. And I don't mean the North London ones. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good point. It's something that boxing does, isn't it? I think they take it a little bit too far. But, you know, you, you, you're you not going, you know, you're not necessarily trying to win the title in your first 10, 15 fights. You're trying to set yourself up to be capable of winning and defending the title 10, 15, 20 fights in the future. So, look, you know, once you're there, you, you maximise it. And like I say, boxing takes it a little bit too far, maybe some of the, the dross that, that you will see sometimes on cards. But, um, you know, and I guess the opposite to that is people say, well, when you join a UFC, you should be make sure you're ready to go. And if the title opportunity comes up, you should be ready to take it. And I guess a man we might speak about next, Paddy Pimlet, is someone who possibly went that route and turned down the opportunity at first and said, I'm going to wait until I feel like I'm ready for the UFC. But on the other hand, it's not, sort of out of the realms of imagination that someone might get offered a shot and they might think, do you know what, I'm not quite ready to win a UFC title yet, but they've just put a contract in front of me. Decent bit of money on there. It's the UFC. I'll be like, you know, the biggest company in the world. Sod it. I'm going to I'm gonna sign and go for it. That doesn't mean, you know, I don't think it means necessarily you should be like, right, win three fights. You're facing the top 10. Then it's a top five. Then it's a title shot. Boom. You're like, you know what I mean? You've had eight fights and you're the champ. Like, I think, you know, I think it's, there's different ways to go about it, but yeah, I, thought, I guess it's I guess it's a, a topic of discussion. Yeah, all depends on the personality, doesn't it? You you come up with a great example there, Paddy Pimlet. He had the opportunity to join years ago, but rightly so. Obviously, got the right people around him. Intelligent lad said, "Look, I know I'm not ready. What what is the point of fighting in the UFC if I know I'm not ready, or I know I'm going to get there and just be a, an also ran." You want to be there. The people who tend to turn things down like that are the ones who tend to go on and do really quite well. I remember Jimmy Manaway. He was 10-0, and 0, I think, in the UK circuit. Knocked everyone out in the first round. And he got called up. He's like, oh, no, I'm not ready. Yeah. I'm just beating people. Well, no, I'm not ready. And a couple of years later, obviously, he didn't win the title or anything. But he went on quite a run, and he was very, very close. So uh, I like the way they're going with Aspinall here. They're sort of going slowly, and they know there's something in him. And I think everyone in the UK hopes so as well. So hopefully, as it puts on a big performance next weekend. Yeah, and continuing the Scouse theme, like we just said, Paddy Pimlet making his debut this weekend, or next weekend, I think it is, isn't it, against... Uh, yeah. To be honest, I'm not... I'm not a, do you know much about his opponent? It's always difficult, these debut fights, isn't it? Oh, mind your mic there, son. <laughs> Survived. I, I don't know much about him, but I did a bit of digging. Luigi Ven, Vendramini. Good you name. could be mistaken to thinking he's Italian, but he's from Brazil. Apparently, so, really? I would have bet um, all my money on him being Italian. Well, you would if his nickname's the Italian Stallion as well, so he must right. have some kind of Italian <laughs> yeah. in there. But he's from Brazil, and he is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, which is interesting because Paddy Pimlet's yeah. big strength is the ground game. So this will be quite an interesting one. I think obviously there's a lot of hype behind Paddy. I think we're all excited for it. I think a lot over in the states are as well. I think there's a lot of hype, a lot of 
a lot of the waiting game has been done before this has happened, this debut. So a lot on his shoulders here. And I think it's going to be a quite a tough test, to be honest. I mean, he's had a couple of fights, Luigi. Three fights, 1-1, one, one, lost two. But he's a former 170, which is interesting because Paddy Pimlet was down at 145. So he might, if it does get on the ground, he might be a bit outsized. Uh, not to put a downer on it here, but I'm just trying to sort of <laughs> yeah, come yeah. up with some expectation on this is not going to be a walkover for for Paddy in by any stretch of the imagination. I think it's going to be a tough fight. But on the other hand, like you say, he's had this time outside the UFC to build his skill set to, to get ready for situations like this. And hopefully, if he can use that skill set, all the skills he's learned when he's been outside the UFC to get through a tough debut like this, uh, we'll, we'll know he's here for the long haul. And to finish off the Scouse theme, Molly McCann lost two in a row, looking to bounce back in a, in a big way. Yeah, two fights skid. Finally, uh, a girl called Kim. Look, she's missed weight, Joseph, in two of her last three fights. <laughs> really? This one. Yeah, so... Make it, make it out what you will. I don't really know if that has any inkling into how this fight's going to go. She might be a bit bigger. She <laughs> might be less conditioned. But it's just interesting. How are these people still in the UFC? Like you, you normally get rid of someone like that, don't you? Yeah, well, they usually do, I think. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of the fight itself, mechanics, she needs a win, doesn't she? I Big think time. She, does, she does seem to raise it. On, obviously, she lost her debut in UFC Liverpool way back when. But... She, she rose it when she came back in when it, she fought in London, I think it was, wasn't it? So she raised her game there, and I think she can do the same here. Obviously, it's not UFC London, whatever, but she's surrounded by country men and women here, so she should be buoyed by that, I think. And I think she's going to know that she needs to put on a performance because she's a she's got potential to be a, a big star. Whether she'll go on and win the title, and it's tricky to see that. I think at this stage, I would love to see it, but. At this point in her career, it's all about just getting a couple of wins, getting better each time, and then try and crack that top 15 and maybe do like a, like a Davy Grant style end of career, you know, get yeah. in there and make a late surge. Um, but difficult one. Don't really know too much about Kim, the fact she's overweight a couple of times. <laughs> she was. She was overweight. That sounds, oh, I can call that overweight. Yeah, you know, yeah. No, I'll get you. I'll get you. I'll get you. Rest of the card then. Because um, it's interesting, it was a, it's a very UK-heavy card, which sometimes you look at, and I would imagine as a, uh, perhaps like a US fan or whatever, you might look at it and think, you know, it's not for me, really. Darren, you know, Darren Till, I like Darren Till, I've seen him on there, Molly McCann, I've seen her before, she's a good laugh. But one that would have certainly set it apart was Paul Craig against Alexander Gustafsson, that would have been a massive yeah. fight around the world, no matter where you're from, pretty much. And it ain't happening. Gutted him, ruined my day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On. I, I'm more gutted. Well, for two reasons really. The one is just a fantastic fight. Three reasons actually. Go on. Fantastic fight. It's just it would have really shown us where both were at. Two, the return of Gus, because obviously he's been out. He retired and he come back. Went up to heavyweight. Blah blah blah. All the rest of it. And Craig, he would have finally had that big name, and that would have shot him into a a division that is just all over the place in a minute right into contention. So, yeah, gutted for mainly Paul Craig here. I don't know the reason that Gus is out. I don't know if you do, Joe, but for, for Paul Craig, it's probably a little bit late for him to get some kind of replacement that will match Gus's stature. I mean, it's, you'll do well to match him with a 
with six weeks to go. So obviously two weeks to go, you're only ever going to get some chance to come out with two <laughs> weeks who wants to jump the line. You know what I mean? One of those. So it could be lose-lose here for Paul Craig. Uh, is he going to fall off the card altogether? Don't want to see that. Obviously you want to see him fighting and get paid, but it would do well to match that Gus fight. Disappointing, isn't it? Yeah, it gutted. Just gutted, really. It's like a... I just had a feeling about Paul Craig. You know, I thought the timings were right and everything. The momentum was with him. Out of all the fights in there, that division that could really take him up to that next level and put him in against the, the top boys. This was like a perfect one. Oh, you know, the way Gus has looked in his last couple. I would have fancied Paul Craig to get the job done here. I think I think we said that before as well. So, yeah, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. I mean, I guess it's tricky, isn't it? Does he, does he want to take a last minute? And, you know... Probably not. Probably doesn't want to, particularly because Gustafsson is a, such a huge name. It was such a, a, a big event. But yeah, we'll have to wait. So I'd like to see him fight. I'd like to see him fight and pick up a win, obviously. But I, I guess to imagine going in, taking on a, a last-minute fight, having such a good potential fight lined up, and then you lose, that would just be a, a double kick in the bollocks, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, and, and you never want that, do you? No. I mean, yeah. Assuming it's not getting rescheduled, you know, obviously if it's a COVID thing, these get rescheduled to a couple of weeks later and stuff like that. But I've heard nothing of the sort. Uh, the only thing I could think of that Paul Craig might do is be back up on another fight on the card in Ankalaev and Ozdemir, which which would bump him up the rankings. Joseph, obviously, I've slated in the rankings earlier, but a fight here, Ankalaev, obviously he's he beat him way yeah. back when in London with that last minute triangle. He's gone on a six-fight win streak since then, Ankalaev. And Ozdemir, who's, who's still up there, number eight in the rankings. If Paul Craig hangs around, gets the last two weeks of his training camp, makes weight and stuff, he could be a, a potential uh, fill-in for one of these if someone drops out. Yeah, I would be I would be looking at Ankalaev dropping out of this one and Paul <laughs> Craig stepping in against Ozdemir. Uh, I, do, I think Ankalaev wins against Ozdemir. I mean, you never know. No time. The the lad that he, you know, he, he's he's capable of bringing back that magic that he once had in that division. If you remember that run he went on, it was, it was superb at the time. But you know, I'd, I'd expect Ankalaev to win. And I think out of out of all those fighters in there, pretty much out of like more or less anyone in the top ten, top five, Ankalaev for me is the fight that Paul Craig should be avoiding. I know, obviously, they're never going to say they're avoiding fights, but I just don't like that. I know he beat him before. And I know I missed it because I went for a wee, and uh, maybe I'm just bitter about that still. But you know, I just I just don't like that ankle eye fight for Paul Craig at the moment. I'd want to put that off as much as I can. Uh, but Ozdemir, Paul Craig, I I I would like that one uh, for him. So uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. So we want an ankle eye dropout. That's what we're saying, are we? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm looking for I'm looking forward to seeing ankle eye fight, and like I say, I think he'll probably finish Ozdemir. Uh, but yeah, yeah. If we can, yeah, maybe, maybe sneak Paul Craig in. Ankle, I just a little COVID test, a little false positive. So give it another week. You test again, you're negative, and then he can fight uh, someone else. Little drop of uh, Ribena in it. Ain't that what people have been doing? Oh, is that the trick? Is it? Something like that. Yeah, like, I think that's what a lot of school kids were doing to get off school. They were dropping a little bit of Ribena and it comes up positive. So, you're near Ankle Eye, drop a Ribena in there. Yeah. In you go, Craig, son. Call it. A little tip for you. But I, I think you make a good point now. Avoid Ankle Eye like the plague. I mean, I know you beat him once and I'd avoid him if I hadn't fought him, Ankle Eye. But if, I'm, if he wants revenge as well, 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a tough one, but obviously we're confident Craig would get the win there because he has a, a different level to what he has previously. He but has, yeah, yeah. Get, get him in against those to me, and that's a that's a that's a fight I'd like to see. But disappointing there, Joseph. Another one of your favourites. We'll stick with a lot of his here. Khalil Roundtree Jr. I know you're a massive fan of his. He's fighting a, a London-based man, Modi Bukaskas. Great fight. Yeah, great I mean, fight. I kind of dis- disown Khalil a little bit. I think his uh, last, you know, he went away and got that Muay Thai style and came back and looked looked fantastic. It's all got, it's all got a little bit downhill since then. Lost two in a row. Nevertheless, is it? But Bukaskas doesn't doesn't get any breaks at all, does he? Since since he's turned up in the UFC, it's just been. Just been like just serious fights that he's up against, and Khalil Roundtree on his day, like I say, we did see him come back and put on some a couple of absolute shows in some of his fights. I think he's definitely beatable. You know, I think there's gaps in his game, and I think potentially there's a way to to beat him upstairs a little bit as well, if I could put it that way. So, but but on his on his night. If he comes out, uh, you know, he could come out and put on a real good performance against Bukalkas, who lost has lost two in a row himself. <laughs> I guess he's, like I say, kind of come in and, and, and been thrown to the wolves, and now he's hanging on for his USC, not career, because he's young, he's got plenty of time, but for the moment, he's hanging on a little bit to his USC place. So there is a lot on the line. Like you say, both lost two in a row. If I don't think either man would get cut if they were to lose this one. I, I know three in the row is, is usually like the benchmark in a lot of ways, isn't it? But I, I don't, I don't see that happening here. And I think if you look at uh, Bukaskas's recent fights, there's only been maybe what would, you know, slight, just slight things that have either like gone wrong or not quite gone his way, and the fights turned and he's ended up losing, having looked oh, like decent before that. So hopefully. He gets just gets sorry, yeah. Hopefully, he just gets uh, things, you know, gets the the dice to roll his way in this one because I think he has put on some good performances and shown a lot of potential. Yeah, I mean, he 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 lost fair play by a stoppage, but as to the crouton, obviously Jimmy Crout, of course, cracking prospect, the crouton, and he, I thought he was unlucky in his last fight. He lost a split decision, I think. So, and in his debut, he got a performance of the night. So he's definitely got potential there. I think he's mid to late 20s, 26, 27, something like that. So he's got a lot to give to the sport, former Cage Warriors champion. Khalil, on the other hand, he's gotten off a cliff, hasn't he? Yes. Since that Eric, since that Eric Anders fight, since he did the podcast on Joe Rogan, he <laughs> yeah. was just like a... Rogan got in his yeah. head and convinced him he was he like the next coming. I, I, I did too. I did too. <laughs> Rogan does that, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean... I, this is a very interesting fight. It's quite harsh on the matchmakers. I think you've alluded to it there, but there's so much jeopardy in this that I don't, I don't know what sort of skid Khalil's on, but he certainly lost his last one. Is it two he's lost? Two, yeah, and, yeah. And you've got Modi, he's got, in, got the same. He's got two losses. To throw them both together is just, just harsh, isn't it's it? It's a tight like, one. Loser, Probably loser leaves town style. But like you say, I think Modi, I think they've got a bit more, a bit more sort of future development to have with him and I think a bit more upside than Khalil at this stage of his career. I think Khalil though is he's a big name. It's interesting. Do you think they're doing this to build Khalil or to build Modi or are they because obviously Khalil we mentioned he's big name, a quality story, the way he got into the sport. Well, he's a roadie, wasn't he, for a band or something yeah. and then ended up fighting. It was random. And then uh, obviously <laughs> you get on Joe Rogan, yeah, that's you, you've made it. 
And are they trying to give some of that shine to Modi, or are they trying to get Khalil back on the on the wing the wing column? It's interesting to see what their what their thinking is here. Personally, I think they're just trying to make a very good fight at light heavyweight, and they're both at their similar stages of their the rankings, aren't they? Just outside that top twenty sort of twenty five region. I think this is going to be a standout fight. Obviously, you've got Khalil, the Mai Tai guy, Modi. He's a kickboxing champion, I think, multiple times in, in the UK. So, yeah, I think someone might get finished here, Joseph. I just don't know who. That's my problem. Yeah, I, I think you're right now. I think that is why they made this fight. I think it's just a cracking fight. Uh, stand-up fight, pretty much guaranteed, like you say. Probably going to be a finish, like you literally just said. I'm sorry to just copy everything everything you said there. And okay. uh, yeah, both two losses in a row. It gives each, each, each both men, both men. It gives both men uh, that, that little bit more spice, doesn't it? That little bit more of a reason to fight. I, I guess not that there ever is a lack of reason uh, to fight. Your own well-being being probably the priority there. So uh, yeah, no. I, again, I, I think, like you say, upside is is more there with Bukowskis. Probably a more well-rounded game there with Bukowskis as well. Perhaps experience-wise, maybe in the UFC, especially Roundtree's got a little bit of the edge there. But you know, it's difficult. It's difficult. I, I think it will be a knockout most most definitely. And I I got got a back Modi, haven't we? Yeah, boy. Yeah, cracking one though. Really looking forward to this one. Joseph, we've got another one this, this weekend, though. I just wanted to throw him in there. Staying at light heavyweight, though. We've got the dentist fighting this weekend. So I wanted to give him a quick shout-out. Obviously, hasn't been going too great for him in the last couple of fights. Up at light heavyweight, Justin Jacoby. This is going to be a massive fight. Needs a win, doesn't he? does need a win, and it's not it's not a very easy fight either. Jacoby's not the biggest yeah. name, but he's put on some superb uh, superb performances in recent times. Um, so difficult, difficult. I feel like... like um, like lots of like lots of fighters, I guess. It's like maybe he's stating the obvious, but Darren Stewart's got it there, hasn't he? He's knocked people out before. He's uh, submitted people before. He just needs to put it all together and find find that run, find that bit of momentum, and he, he can go on and do big things. I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure about light heavyweight. If I'm being honest, I think he's certainly short shorter than a lot of light heavyweights. I, I would guess, um, but you know. He's got it. Like I say, he has got it. So hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, it will just, you know, maybe this light heavyweight is, is the move for him. And maybe now he's settled into it because that was, that was probably one of the issues. Perhaps he wasn't settled into it. He accepted a fight at light heavyweight while he was still training as, as a middleweight. Uh, and there's not enough time there to build up and, and strengthen and grow. So perhaps this is, you know, this is the time that he needed. No, well said. I thought he'd done all right in the last fight, to be honest. I thought he just let it get away from him a little bit. Eric Anders, the rematch. Yeah. Really. I thought he let it get away from him a bit. And I think Justin Jacoby, he's a fantastic kickboxer. So you have to be wary there. But I think he's definitely got all the tools, the dentist. He's more than just a knockout artist. He's, he's improved every facet of his game. So fingers crossed for the big man. Hopefully he gets it done and uh, gets back in that wing column and, and goes on a little run. So we've got a couple of bantam weights, or at least we would have, because Nathaniel Wood, is, uh, his fight is called off. Uh, which I think you've got a bit of info on, or you know, not any secrets, just 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 what's happening there. And also, Jack Shaw is fighting up against uh, Saeed Namagomedov. Hmm. I'm looking at Paddy Power, so it's an unreliable source there, Joseph. 
And yeah, so Syed Namagomedov, obviously, he's uh, got a, a familiar sounding name, hasn't he? I think, I think we have heard that name before. So it's kind of an imposing prospect. They're cousins, aren't they? I think he's Khabib's cousin. So obviously grew up, you know, same coach, same training, all that kind of business. And I guess, again, interestingly, it's um, a grappling match in a lot of ways, isn't it? Jack Shaw's kind of, that's what he's built his name off, off in a lot in a lot of ways. And that's certainly what the commentators were impressed with in his most recent fight in the UFC. I think you had Daniel Cormier, who's obviously superb. Wrestler and grappler, full of praise for Jack Shaw. So this is going be an interesting one, I guess, this one. Yeah, I, I think you remember Dominic Cruz almost being shocked that a Brit could wrestle. Yeah, yeah. It's like living under a rock for the last 10 years that we can actually actually do takedowns and things like that, mate. But yeah, a lot of hype behind Jack Shaw in there. Lots of there expectations is, yeah, yeah. down there in Wales. And I think it, it just seemed a little bit different this time, doesn't it? that obviously you get the odd Welshman, the odd Scott, the odd Englishman come through and obviously you support them and stuff like that. But it does seem to be a little bit more of an air about Jack Shaw and the expectation well, I, that they think they're going to get to the top. I think the telling thing is, is that he's grappling heavy. I think if you look at uh, a lot of British fighters that have come through throughout the years, I would say all of them off the top of my head were strikers. And then they spent their whole career trying to play catch up to the grappling of other parts of the world I think in a lot of ways Jack Shaw obviously smashed everyone he's ever fought which like doesn't hurt but he's got a grappling base which potentially is going to be more useful when you're trying to throw in or you know learn and include as you, as you grow and evolve some striking techniques you potentially you've got a much better base to, to work on or yeah, work from excellent. sorry Excellent point. I mean, yeah, I think the, the the time it takes to build up that base is a lot longer than it is to get up to speed, not to a world-class level, but get up to speed with the striking, yeah, which useful. he's already done anyway. Yeah. He, he's, he can always fall back on that grappling, and we've seen it time and time and time again in Cage Warriors. In, in the UFC, he's got multiple submissions, and he, he's just got something about him that he sort of seems to breeze through fights as well, which is a very encouraging sign isn't it and and I'm, I'm glad he's fighting these fighters much to the point we were saying earlier about building up slowly i think they're probably doing that with jack shaw he's he's so young and there's no need to rush him and unless his record suggests that we need to up him here with his competition so he's he got a split decision last time i think i vaguely remember that was probably a dodgy card there something in the back of my head saying that against hunter azure yeah yeah one of those what <laughs> are you talking about there, son? One of those, but yeah, cute. But if he the mega made off, is always going to be a tough one, isn't it? I think he's got a, a quite a good record himself, so it's going to be an interesting one. Joe, may we may well see what he is like on those on those feet with his hands. And Nathaniel Wood, what happened there? He's out. Injured. He's out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he's out. Yeah. He's, he's been out for a couple of weeks, I think, actually, and he was going to fight Jonathan Martinez, who stays on the card think that Davy Grant beat Jonathan Martinez, so mm. I would have fancied Nathaniel Wood to get a win there. It's a shame, because he's obviously, he's been unlucky with injuries as well. He's had, I think he's got a broken hand or an arm or something like that. So, yeah, dif- disappointing, because I was looking forward to seeing him come back. So I think he can make another run at it, and I think these two are destined to fight each other, Nathaniel Wood and Jack Shaw as well, for a battle of Britain. So, 
we could have seen some kind of start of that that rivalry at the weekend or next weekend. But yeah, difficult for Nathaniel Wood, another setback, but I'm sure he'll be back. So we might as well wrap it up then. We sort of um and Barboza, Jigo Chikadze coming up this weekend. I mean, this is... like It's just scary, isn't it, this one? Because Barboza is you know, on a little bit of a renaissance himself. chikadze has been calling out a, a big fight, a big name for a long time. He's felt... You know, going back to something we mentioned earlier, actually, Chikadze has been, like, since the minute he got here, like, I'm ready for a title shot. I'll, I'll fight them. I'll fight for it now. And he's he's had to make a lot of noise to get this opportunity, isn't he? Really against Barboza, and it, you know it's not it's not a title choice. Potentially a contendership. I mean, if Chiketi comes out here and stops Barboza, which to bit to, to me, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. I would not be surprised if Chiketi comes out here, overwhelms Barboza, and, and makes him stop basically. So yeah, a tough division. Yeah, so it's an amazing fight. But like you say, Chikadze, he's been calling for this from, from day one. Some people just built like that, haven't they? Just yeah. mad. Yeah. Just fight anyone. It's just a <laughs> different makeup, man. I can't even emphasize about it at all. I don't know. What, <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, give us a nice little easy one. Give me someone yeah, maybe yeah. from Bantamweight or something like that. You know, keep it easy for a couple of fights. But Barboza, this is feather in a cap if he gets a win here over Barboza, particularly if he wins like, by striking, outstriking the one of the best strikers there's ever been in the UFC. So that's a fantastic one to look forward to. Don't know which way that'll go. I've got a feeling Barboza might sort of out-veteran out him here. I think he might be able to snuff him out. Mm. He's just too quick. No Fair switch enough. kicks, mate. <laughs> but, yeah, absolute shark-infested shark division, that one, mate. And so we, we started off mentioning the PFL. We'll finish it with it as well. Brendan Lockname who's a fair play to the lad. He's taken a bit of an alternative route, kind of harking back again to something we mentioned earlier. Do you uh, do you take the UFC contract? Do you, do you put it off? Lockname, he had his opportunity, didn't he, on um, Dana White's Looking for a Contender Fight Night series. And uh, <laughs> was, was correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Lockname the one who got the win? And um, because he kind of... As a professional, saw out the last minute of the fight. Dana White was like, nah, I ain't having it. Yeah, he, he had the fight won. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Uh, there was a complete, massive, sort of mob-like clamour for him to get into the UFC before that. And everyone was like, all right, sweet. He's on the Contender Series. Get a win there. Everyone gets on through that. Yeah. He was more than ready. He was UFC ready for years. Yeah, he was dominating the fight. The last last twenty seconds or something, he went for a takedown, and Dana White was not having that. The bloodthirsty Dana White Fucking wanted to see an unconscious man in there, and he, he weren't happy with the takedown, so he didn't give him a contract. And like you say, he's taken an alternative route. He had a lot of offers on the back of that because it created quite a storm online, yeah, yeah. amongst the fans, and probably worked out better for him. And now he's two fights away from a million dollars and a little title to take home. So he's got a tough one. Someone from Dagestan, Joseph, I, I don't know his name. <laughs> Movlid, Mo- Mo- something it's called. Uh, he's quite. He's had some nasty finishes in this, this tournament, so he is the underdog going in. But get a win there, and he's fighting for a, for a title and for a million dollars. So, mate, it sounds all right, doesn't it? Yeah, it's good. It's good to see the PFL. They seem like they've got a bit of legs in them. You, you often see these, these promotions come and go a little bit, don't you? But, you know, PFL, they tried something different. 
and uh, I like it. Like I say, I don't think we can watch it, but we keep up with it as best we can. And, uh, you know, if we do ever get a chance to uh, see it on a regular basis, I think it's a very uh, interesting product they got there, isn't it? I, I thought they would go under after the first one. I heard they were yeah. dishing out a million dollars to each winner. I was like, how is this sustainable? But fair play to them. They got through the pandemic without any shows, I think. And they've come back. They've got some, you know, they've got Kenny Florin on there, Randy Couture. They've got some big names. And they've, they've got some good backing, though. So fair play to them. Uh, more the merrier. Iron sharpens iron. So the more competition there is out there, uh, just the better it will make the UFC and everyone else. So, yeah, happy days. Lovely jubbly. We'll wrap this one then. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back again in two weeks' time. And like we say, hopefully we've got some nice victories to uh, have a look at and some good potential uh, fights coming up for British fighters off the back of that one. So it's going to be a review show of the London one. Is that? Yes, it works out like that. Lovely. So this should be interesting. See how wrong we've got it all. Yeah, exactly. exactly. As you say, I'm open. We've got a couple of wins here. Something we can celebrate and then head into the, the back end of the year with some potential exciting fights to be made for the Brits. Definitely. So thank you very much for listening. We are Mustard MMA. Check out our socials, Mustard MMA and at the Mustard MMA Twitter and Instagram. Also check out mustardmma.com. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Farewell.